Parshas Vayera. Parshas Vayera begins the first pasuk as we have here on the page. Vayera ilav Hashem beloini mamre vuhu yeshev pesach ha'il kechem hayoyim. Of course, in the end of last week's parsha, we have Avram Avinu who gets the mitzvah of bris milah, and he gives a bris milah both to himself and to all of his family members who are alive at the time. Um, Yishmael and else, anyone else who he had. And in this, uh, the opening of this week's parsha, Avram is uh, recovering and he's sitting at the tent, the door of his tent, as Chazal tell us that he was Avram was the ultimate paradigm of Achnas Asarchim. Is the paradigm of Chesed, as we have later in the Sikh's Parsha, that he uh, fights even for the people of Sedan. So the first Yid is, um, ex- expresses his Chesed throughout. So the Parsha begins with him looking to do Achnas Asarachim. So Rashi says, the Pasuk says, Vayir of Hashem comes to visit Avram. Says Rashi, what's Hashem doing? Vayir of Levakir as Hashem comes to visit the sick. Avram is performing chesed and Hashem is performing chesed. Hashem is performing chesed with Avram, Bikr Chaylim, and Avram is going out to do Achnasas Archim. That, that in itself is a tremendous lesson. When we are recipients of chesed from Hashem, how do we repay? By giving chesed to others. So Avram is receiving from Hashem and immediately Avram is doing, trying to do the mitzvah of Achnasas Archim. Exactly. Amar Rabbi Chama Barchanina says Rabbi Chama Barchanina Yom Shlishi Lemilase Hoya. This was the third day from his Brismila. Oba Kodesh Baruch Hu Veshal B'Shloimai. Hashem is coming to see how he's how he's doing to visit. Hashem comes to visit. Says the Eir Hachaim, one of the great Mefarshim of the Torah. Of course, the Eir Hachaim, Hakadosh. Reb Chaim Ibn Atar lived some three hundred years ago in Eretz and he writes the following: B'Zel Hashem Rabbi Seinu B'Mesach B'Metzia. He says, this Rashi is really a quote from the Gemara Bab Metziah Daf Pivav. Omer of Chama Barchanina, Yom Gimel Emilase Hoyoba Shel Hashem Veshal Boyakam Lashayim. So, Erechaim says, it's really, obviously, it's a Gemara. Rashi is quoting a Gemara. He asks a question, Vitzarach Ledas Taimoy. We have to understand the reason, the logic. Mi Higid Laki Yom Gimel Hoya. How did Rabbi Chama Barchanina know that was the third day? All the Pasuk says, we learned that Avram Avinu had a bris mila, and it says Hashem came to visit. We didn't say anything about three days. And Rashi is saying, this in the name of Rabbi Chama Barchanina from the Gemara Bab Mitziah, but the question of the Erechaim is, where did the three day idea come from? Why, why did Hashem only come on the third day? Like, what's the three days all about? Oh, so he, he starts discussing. He says, Perhaps it can be learned from the Pasuk, which we have by the story of Shechem, right? Everyone knows the story of Shechem, that the sons, that the sons say, you know what, if everyone will circumcise themselves, then you can have Dina as a wife, right? And obviously it was a trick. And the Pasuk says, on the third day, they attacked Shechem. So here we see that the third, there's something about the third day. It says there, if the idea is the third day, says over there was a third day. He says, if you read the Gemara, it's evident from the Gemara that the first and second day, one is in greater danger than the third day. We're talking about danger, we're talking about pain. Oh. Well, sickness, and, and yeah, well, the, the sickness and the danger of the sickness, he puts it together. So here he actually differentiates somewhat differently in the next paragraph. He says, Don't ask me from the children of Yaakov. They didn't care about the time of danger. The issue was, when are they weakest? 
שלא יעמדו כנגדם. ובערך זה, יום ג' הם יוסר חלושים בו מיום א' או בייס. So the Rechaim, the Franchise, he says, the weakness settles in on the third day after a bris. So the children of Yaakov, they were just needed one thing. When are they weakest? Because if we're going to battle, then that's what's important. אבל בעניין הביקור, when it comes to visiting a person, the illness is the most intense and the most dangerous, the first and second day. It's at least equal. So who says that Hashem did not come in the first days? All this is the Er HaChaim building his question. It's a question on Rashi, but it's really it's a question on the Gemara and on the Amorah of Chomel Barchanina who says, Seemingly from his own das, he doesn't seem to bring a, a source or a, or a logic or a reason. And he just says this as a fact that everyone knows the fact, everyone always has it as a fact. It was the third day, but the Erechaim asks why. And he goes into a little bit of a, a Talmudic um, back and forth. I'll, I'll try, let's uh, try to do it quickly. He says, Lefi Mashakas of Haran. He says, There's the Ran on the Gemara over there in uh, the Gemara in Babansia. And he said, I'm sorry, in Sech Shabbos. The Ran says, Yoim Ha'alafu HaMesukin V'yoim Gimel. The Ran says something interesting, that the first day one is in danger and the third day. Avul Yoim Beis, the Ran says the second day is not one's not in danger. I have no idea how this works medically. But the Ran says, Hell, Asha'in Mechal Na'alav Shabbos. The Ran says so much so that on the second day, for the illness the second day is not considered a Sakonis Nafashis. So therefore you wouldn't be able to transgress Shabbos. That's, what, that's the sheet of the Ran. So he says, according to that, the Rechaim says, we can extend, understand. Yes, Tam Kivan the Yom Beis ain't be Mich Sakona. Second, there's no real Sakona. The Yom Aleph, Gam Ken Lebikr. There's a reason not to, not to visit the first day, based on an interesting Gemara in the Dorim. He really brings it together. He says, Mitama Shomer bin Dorim Daf Mem. And the Gemara Mesachin in the Dorim says, Vizela Shoyne, Rava, on the first day that the Rebbe was ill, Omar Lu, he said, Don't tell anyone. I don't want it to hurt my mazel. As soon as he became sick, he didn't want people talking about it yet. He said, you know, maybe I'll just snap out of it quickly. Let's not make a big deal the first day. Rashi says, People shouldn't talk about it. Rebbe didn't want it. As soon as he became ill, that it should become common, common talk. So, so the Rechaim here builds the case like this. He says, according to the Ram, the second day you're not really in danger. The first day, it's not a time to visit because you don't want to make this a public affair. People, don't, people shouldn't know about it yet. And he says, especially if Hashem is showing up, that's a big deal. He says, my gam bevoy melech godel, a great king comes, avsha milsa bepirsum kala elamis. Everyone's going to know. But, he's, but he says that he doesn't want it because he's going to change his mask. That's what bothers me about that. Because people will talk about it on the streets and everyone's going to talk about it. Oh, he's sick. Oh, he's sick. Oh, he's sick. This is actually a different mefarshim there. What's the negative mazel about people talking about something? It's different pirushim. I'd rather not get into it, but if you want, you can look it up over there in the Dharam Daf Mem in the art school. He brings a number of pirushim. But be that as it may, so that's what he says. This is the Arachayim suggestion. He says, according to the Ran, the second day is no sakona. The first day, you'd rather not make a big deal about it. So that's why Hashem waited for the third day. But he says it's not so pasha. He says, "Agam shomru biyirushalmi depeya in Yerushalmi." Yerushalmi, Mizach depeya says, "Ki hakrovim nechnasim miyad levakre." Close friends, family—they're always welcome right away. 
Because when, when people who are close come, that doesn't make a big, that doesn't make a headline. You know, good friends are always, always going to visit. And the Achreinim write the same, that halachically, that uh, those who are really close can come right away. So, well, Hashem is the ultimate Kariv. Hashem is the closest. So if the, if the Kravim, if close relatives can come the first day, so Hashem can come too. Says there, no. When Hashem comes, it makes a big, a big deal. It's a big storm. So even if he's a Kariv, it's going to be a problem. And he sort of leaves it with a Kasha. So the Rechaim really, at the end of the day, um, well, he says, well, you could say if you put it all together, if you put the sheet of the Ran, that the Ran said that the second day there's nothing, there's not a problem. And you put it together with Rava and Nidorim, that the first day you shouldn't come. But Hashem is a Korov. So then you're left with the third, if you can't come to the second day. Right, so then you went so that's his, his shot. But the, the question is, first of all, that only works with the Ran. Not everyone holds with that Ran. Aside from that, the fact is, Hashem can come in secret too. Hashem doesn't have to, you know, Hashem can, <laughs> he sort of does what he wants. You see from the story. Right, and exactly, and in the story, he did, he made it really hot outside, nobody was around, and Hashem comes. So, so the answer still leaves room for a question of, why couldn't Hashem visit the first day, why couldn't Hashem visit the second day? He can come the third day too, right? I mean, Hashem, I mean, Hashem I'm sure, is very maybe. busy, but he can make time for Ramah, you know, the first day, second day, third day. Maybe he did. Maybe he did, but Rashi and the Gemara to say differently. That's the verb. That's the question. Because Rav Chama Barakim says, no, it was Yom Shlishi Limilase. The Tanakh is saying, this was the third day. Maybe he was also there the second day, we just don't know about it. But that's not the simple pshat. When you read Rashi, it says, the third day Hashem came to visit. The question is, why? So, there's a different answer that's brought in this form of Chassidus that I wanted to share with you. A very beautiful answer. And it's based on the Ramban on this week's part, on the parasha, on the same poster. The Ramban says, it's a lengthy Ramban. I just quoted the piece that's most important to us. He says, When Hashem came, it Hashem, when Hashem comes to visit, it's not just like, hi, how you doing? When Hashem comes, that alone brought refua to Avraham. Because this is how it's befitting to be. In the, in the shining countenance and the light of the face of Hashem, the king, Chaim comes life. So, even though one might ask, but everyone knows that the three Malachim came, and one of them had the mission of healing of Ram, that was Raphael. Yeah. But according to this Ramban, the Pshat is, Raphael was coming as an extension of Hashem coming. If Hashem comes, that causes healing through Hashem's Malachim, which is Raphael. The point being, and this is the, the Chiddush here, the point being is that according to the Ramban, Hashem's coming actually caused healing to Avram. Now, once we understand that Hashem's calling, causing healing to Avram, so does that answer the question or makes the question greater? Greater. Greater. He should have came right away, right? Oh. So here we have a beautiful concept, and that is that a mitzvah, a mitzvah is meant to be done with whatever natural effort that the mitzvah takes. When we do a mitzvah, we're not trying to somehow supernaturally uh, it shouldn't cost us anything, or it shouldn't, hurt, it shouldn't hurt us. If a mitzvah naturally cost a lot of money, or cost a certain uh, level of pain, or cost a certain amount of effort, then we're not looking to be, to, um, 
to save the money or save the pain or save the effort. A mitzvah is meant to be done properly, including whatever the mitzvah entails. So for a person to have a bris milah, which a bris milah, by nature, is, causes pain to the body, to the person, whether it's a baby or especially if it's an older person, causes pain. So a person, I have some trick that I'll do the bris and there'll be no pain whatsoever. I fulfill the mitzvah, but I avoided all the pain. Or if I can get a mitzvah, but I can, instead of a mitzvah cost $100 or $200 or whatever, I have a way of getting it for free. Right? Is it appropriate for a person to try to save his money or save his effort or save the pain that is the natural, occur, uh, the natural um, derach of a mitzvah? And Chazal said, and this is the concept, that it would be inappropriate. If I can go to show, but there's a way for me to say, I don't have to walk. I don't have to have any tircha to do it. I can, I can get around the tircha. It's in Shulchan Aruch, there's an interesting halacha. It says you have two shuls to go to. And they're both equal. Which shul do you go to? So we always know, the one with better kiddush, right? But Shulchan Aruch says, the one that's further. What's pshat? I'm dominating with a minion. What's the difference? He says, no, there's a special mila to the tircha of the mitzvah. I exert effort in the mitzvah. I'm not looking to save effort on mitzvahs. I'll save effort on something else, not on mitzvahs. And I'm not looking to save money on mitzvahs. If I can, I, I can go somewhere and get it for a bargain. I'll, I'll pay half price for that esr. When it comes to a mitzvah, you know, you're looking for bargains on a car. Not, not on auto repair, but I'm saying I'm buying the car, right? So that's where a person saves, saves what? Save. Yeah, for sure. That's where a person is looking to save money, save effort. So this is what I'm saying. That's the same thing over here. Being that when Hashem came to Avram, that was basically the end of the pain of the bris milah, Avram wouldn't have wanted to lose the tsar that this mitzvah naturally brings. That's what it was. The mitzvah cost the tsar, so be it. I'm happy having that tsar. I don't want a miraculous way out of, of paying for a mitzvah, again, monetarily or emotionally or with pain. And that's, we have over here a couple of interesting Maramukhamas for that. That's why Hashem waited So that's why Hashem waited the third day. So that Avram should be able to have the full appreciation of the mitzvah, including the pain that's, that's entailed the mitzvah. It's interesting. With bris, actually, with bris, there's a whole question about putting on some topical cream that, that can give, what's it called, when you um, numb it? Like you numb it. And we don't do it. We don't numb it. We don't want to numb it. Now, it's painful, and you'd fulfill the mitzvah. But we're not looking to get out of the natural, you know, we don't look for extra pain. But we're not looking to get out of the natural pain or exertion that a mitzvah comes with. That is part of the mitzvahs affecting me. And I'll bring a, a few interesting, um, a few interesting Maramukhaimas. He says, no, it, it sounds very good. So why, why, so why do you do the wine then? That's, that's just to get us stop crying and doesn't take away the pain. He says, that's that's for, well, that's, for the, that's for the pain of the adult. When I said uh, what I said, ain't kind of However, there's the Gemara says, don't give me the pain. I don't want to gain. I, I want the reward, and I don't want to pay. About what? I don't know. Whatever. I thought about doing the doing the mitzvah. Doesn't say don't that give about the reward. Don't give me Huh? Don't, don't hurt me, don't hurt me, $100. But a mitzvah, the contrary, the mitzvah brings kedusha into us. 
And, and we want to do it in the natural way, the way Hashem gave it to us. It's He's, interesting that all the other mitzvahs, Avram Avinu did on his own, even though Hashem didn't tell him. Aside from Brismila. Why? Because I believe he wanted to be Metzuva Vos. Yep. It's a much higher yep. mitzvah. Yep. Right? Right. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see an interesting Gemara. It's like the Sukkot of Memala from Ubeis. Or Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Rabbi Akiva. That uh, pretty, you know, Chashavah assembly. Shariboyin Bisfina, a different one. They were coming in the boat, maybe on the way to Benibra. Velayhoya Lulav, El Rabbi Gamliel Bovat. The only one who had the Lulav was Rabbi Gamliel. Shalakhe Be'elav Zuz. Cost him a thousand Zuz for a Lulav. You, know, you think we're, uh, it's marked up nowadays, right? Not the Rabbi Gamliel, the Yatsaboy. First Rabbi Gamliel was Yatsin, the son of the Rabbi Yeshua, the Matana, gave it to Yeshua as a Matana. Natalia Yeshua, the Yatsaboy. Basically, they had that one lulav that cost them a thousand zoos, a thousand dollars, whatever it was, passed it around to all the Tanoim. Each one was Yetzir. The Gemara discusses the Maisa. Then the Gemara says, Why is it so important to tell us they pay a thousand zoos for the lulav? You know, what, I guess it makes us feel a little better about inflation. He says, Mitzvah was beloved to him. So he didn't mind paying a thousand dollars for a mitzvah. Anyway, it doesn't mean he went shopping to find the most expensive wool in the city. But if that was the price, so be it. And the Gemara says that the Gemara, that the Tafki tells us the story to tell us that when something is chaviv on you, you're not looking to save money at. Right? People, uh, people ask, uh, people ask me, um, I tell a person to put a mezuzah on his door, a person who doesn't know. So he says, uh, how much does mezuzah cost? I said, well, you can get one for $70, get one for $100, $150, $200. $200. So the next obvious question is going to be, well, is the $70 one kosher? And say, yes, I wouldn't sell you something not kosher. Well, then why in the world would I buy a $150 one if the $70 one is kosher? What's the answer? What kind of car do you drive? Now, you could have got one that drives for half the price, right? But when something you want, when you care for it, when it's beloved to you, I'll pay full price. I, you know, it doesn't matter. That's what money's for. And that's the story of Rabbi Gamliel. It's interesting. I write here. It's written here. Hanhagas Harizal, um, the great, uh, the, the great Harizal, uh, one of the greatest Kabbalists of all time. So you have his great disciple, Rabbi Chaim Vital. Rabbi Chaim Vital, who wrote of all his, his writings, and he wrote. He said he said saw something. He wants to tell about his Rebbe the Arizal. He writes in the say for something I saw about him. He says he never bargained when it came to a mitzvah. Never he said whatever he went mitzvah. They gave him the price. That was it. He never had, maybe better, maybe tomorrow, maybe it's a blue light special. A mitzvah is a mitzvah. Same idea. It's the same meaning that we're seeing, whether it's monetarily, whether... And the reason is, again, because Hashem gives us mitzvahs, we're supposed to do them in the natural way, and we're not trying to do it in any... get a trick, you know, do it without pain, or without this, or with a miracle. We do it, whatever it costs. And the last point here is a very beautiful story about the Balatanya. And that is, he was once... Um, he was imprisoned... That's a famous story. He was in prison at the beginning um, of his uh, teaching uh, the Torah. But uh, when he was in prison, he was kept in prison for, I don't remember, how, about, uh, about almost two months. And he would be taken by boat over a little uh, river or lake from the place of imprisonment to the place of interrogation. And they'd take him every day back and forth, interrogated him. And one time it was by night, and he looked up and saw the moon, and it was time for Kiddush Levana. So he told the driver of the boat, the captain of the boat, he says, please stop the boat, I gotta say a prayer. I says, no. 
<laughs> You're a prisoner, remember? I'm not stopping the boat. So he says, okay. A minute later, the boat stopped. You know, with or without the captain, the boat stopped. And then the captain recognized that, okay, I guess I'm not really in control over here. And he says, okay, fine, I'll, I'll just allow the boat to go on. And the bartender says, okay, the boat started moving. Next, a few minutes later, he says, okay, can you stop the boat now so I can do my prayer? So I said, okay, yes, I'll stop it. And he stopped it, and the Alter Rebbe did Kiddush Levana. That's the story. The question of the story is, was the obvious question, why didn't he do Kiddush Levana the first time? Right, he had, stop, he had stopped the boat already, the boat had stopped. So why did he have to wait and have the boat start again and then stop it, and, that's the, and then ask the captain, the captain stop it? And the answer is the same thing. He didn't want to do Kiddush Levana based on a miracle. That he stopped the boat somehow miraculously, that's not how we do mitzvahs. We do mitzvahs the regular way, the way Hashem gave it to us, the, the full natural course. We let it run its natural course. So he had to do a miracle just to, just to uh, I guess, scare the captain into submission. But then he didn't want to do the mitzvah then. He did the mitzvah and the boat will stop naturally. So all of these ideas bring out this point that that's how we do a mitzvah and that would be the explanation or one explanation of why Hashem waited for the third day because he didn't want to take away from Avram the beauty of doing a mitzvah with its full natural cost, whatever it is, including the pain that comes along with the mitzvah, um, which Hashem would be taking away when he, um, when he comes to visit. That's one idea. Uh, we have another few minutes. Let's try to hop around another quick idea on the parsha. In the end of the parsha, one of the most famous parts of the Torah, stories of the Torah is the story of the Akedah, um, the tenth, the greatest, the final and greatest test that Avram Avinu um, was asked of by Hashem, and he passed it, of course, with flying colors. And this was really the schus of being Avram Avinu, the first Yid. And that's the story of the Akedah. And the Akedah really represents tests, the great tests, which as soon as you hear the word test, it begs the obvious question, why does Hashem test us? What's it all about? Um, now, of course, on a very simplistic level, Hashem tests us to see which way we're going to do. Are we going to choose this way or choose that way? The problem with that is that Hashem knows anyway. Because Hashem knows the future. Right? Hashem knows whether we will or won't follow the test. Um, you know, some people might think, well, well, the person has freedom of choice, and that's one of the great philosophical questions, freedom of choice versus Hashem's knowledge. But the fact is, Rambam writes, everyone writes, that Hashem knows. With, somehow he works it out with freedom of choice, but Hashem knows whatever's going to happen. So why does he test us? He tests a tzaddik, tests a person to see, will he do good, will he not? And he knows the outcome, and the person hopefully does well. What was the point of all of it? And there's more than... Uh, many more than one answer to this question. But I want to look at a Ramban on this week's Parsha. Okay, so Ramban, Perich Hafez, Pasuk Aleph, which is the beginning of the story of the Akedah. The Pasuk says, V'alikim nisas Avram, that Hashem tested Avram. Inyan ha-nisoyin hu l'da'ati. In my opinion, says the Ramban, what's a nisoyin for? Ba'avur ha-yois ma'isa ha-odam rishus muchletes biyodoy. What a person will do is up to the person. A person has rishus, a person has the freedom of choice. Person has the choice to do or not to do. Therefore, Yukari Nisoyoin Mitsadha Minusa. It's a test for the one being tested. In other words, the one who gains from the test is not Hashem. It's us. We can go either way, we're tested. The tester, blessed be he, Yitzavaboy. Why did he command it? Again, for me, it's a test because I don't know which way I'm going to end up. But why did he want it? And here he says, Hashem tests us. He knows what we're going to do. 
But there's a difference between what we're going to do and what we do. What we're going to do is in potential. What we do is when we bring our potential out into actuality, into reality. And he says, The reward of that one has a good heart and I would, I would definitely do it versus I did it is a whole different world. Bringing the potential into reality, that's what a Nisoyon is for, says the Ramban. Again, he says, it's not that Hashem doesn't know which way I'm going to do. Hashem knows, I'm, I'm strong enough, I, I'm going to do it. But as long as I'm going to do it, the schar that I'm going to get is that I was going to do it, that potentially I would do it. Versus after I was tested, I actually did it. When you do something, you, you exert or you bring out the potential in textuality, that is when it is at its strongest and most praiseworthy and most reward-worthy. He says, Vedaki Hashem Sadik Yivchan, Hashem tests Sadikim, who you dare be Sadik Shayasir at Hashem knows that Sadik is going to do it, but Vachafitz Lahatzdika, and he wants to give him more Schara, more Tzedek, more righteousness. Yitzava Oisei Binisoyen, he gives him the Nisoyen. Many times we find that Sadikim seem to be tested more than Rishayim. Why, says Ramban? Because the test is in order to make this sadik even greater, to help the person express what they potentially have already. And that's a very important concept. We have here, in the second to the last line, a pasuk in Melachim. Al Yishalil Choyger Kimifateach. What does that mean? Choyger is one who puts on um, the armor to uh, go out to battle. Mifateach is the one who's taking off the armor at the end of battle. It was the king Achav who said this. He was being challenged by the, the king of Aram, I think Ben-Hadad. And then Ben-Hadad says, I'm going to destroy all of you. I'm, you know, I'm going to win this battle. Achav says, when you're putting on your sword to battle, don't praise yourself until you're coming home and taking it off already. When you're putting on the sword, in potential, you think you won it. Don't be full of praise until you brought your potential into actuality. And that's a general concept in this world that potentially we might have a lot of powers and a lot of good stuff until we actually exert or exercise that potential and bring it into actuality, the potential is, is not in any way bishlemos. It's not in its fullest uh, form. And the schar is not as full when it remains in potential uh, until it's brought into actuality. And the MS, in the last line, that's connected to the whole idea, Hashem created this world. And again, Hashem knows the outcome. Hashem created a world and gave us a Torah mitzvah. What's the outcome going to be? At the end of the day, it's okay, we'll be up, we'll be down, we'll have mitzvahs, have errors. At the end, Hashem had a kavana. Hashem had a goal. The goal is that Hashem, the world will be filled with knowledge of Hashem. Mashiach will come. It will be a beautiful world. It's one of the 13 principles of faith. So why did Hashem create a world with a goal when He knew what the goal is going to be? And the same thing is all of our neshamas. We come down from heaven in order to serve Hashem and ups and downs, ups and downs. What's the end game? What's going to happen at the end? Every person is going to do tshuva, in, whether in this um, incarnation or the next incarnation. The Pasuk says, Kilo yidach mimenu nidach, no neshama will ever be lost from Hashem. So there's a lot of back and forth, but ultimately, the purpose will be fulfilled. So again, Hashem knew it all. Why all the up and down? Why a creation with a down and an up and a golos and geula until Mashiach and Beis Why the personal avoda until we do tshuva? It's all this idea of this Ramban. It's all about, yes, in potential, it's all going to be there. But Hashem wants every potential to be 
maximized, to be realized, to be actualized. And that's what Nisiyonis are all about. Hashem tests us, not because He doesn't know what the result will be, but He wants to help us um, actualize the powers and the koiches that we have in potential, even if He knows for sure that we're going to ex exercise them. But it's a schus for us that it shouldn't just be that we could and that we would, but that we did. And that's what Nisiyonis is for, the Ramban explains. Sure.